Welcome, everybody, to the Kona Shame Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Work. Guys, I have my dear friend, the one and only Jamie Holmes, on the podcast today. We've done a couple episodes together. She uh, she is a reader and a deep thinker, and every now and then, uh, when I write some things that uh, sort of speak to her and she wants to sort of unpack them some more, she'll reach out and be like, hey, how about I interview you on the podcast? And that's what happened today. And so anyway, we're talking about one of my recent articles called um, Back to Reality. It is all about sort of trying to figure out what to accept because it's out of our control and what to not accept because we do have more influence than we think. And how, to, how, do, you, how do you parse those things apart and how do you know when to lean in and when? how do you know when to lean back. And so that's what we talk about. This is a, man, I, I love this conversation. I love talking to Jamie. I hope it'll be uh, an interesting conversation for you guys. I, I always love thinking about these things and trying to figure out when the chaos comes, um, how do I best use my emotional energy? And that's really what we get into. So anyway, guys, I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into this episode. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome to the podcast, Jamie Holmes. How are you? I'm really good, Andy. I'm so excited to be here and uh, maybe creep you out a little bit about how I backstock on your articles to see if they still hold up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, You, uh, for those who don't know you, you are an RVT. Uh, you, You are employee number one. And Dr. com and the Uncharted Veterinary Conference. That's right. We don't even count you. No, I'm not an employee. I I I have yet to set up payroll for myself. It's true. It's it's true. I uh, sometimes I worry that we don't pay you and you're going to leave. Yeah. No. I just I just hang around. This is this is a hobby. Like I, you know, as soon as I get paid, then it won't be. Then it won't be. uh, It'll be work. Then yeah. Then it'll be work. So yeah. yeah. No. 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 Um. You, 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 and I go. We've been around. We've been together a long time, Jamie Holmes. We have. Uh, the last time you were on the podcast was episode one hundred, and uh, yeah, it was episode one hundred, and it was the stories we tell ourselves matter. Oh, and yeah, that's what absolutely. we were talking about. And I looked back at it, and I was like, oh. And so anyway, uh, it's been a minute, but as you say, you do like to backstock the articles that I, I do. write. And you and I, uh, you and I, like we discuss these things and sort of get into what does this mean and kind of philosophically what what is going on in our profession. And so anyway, I thought we were probably due for one of those. And you said I got something I would like to talk to you about. And so I thought I would just uh, bring you on and kind of open it up and and let's let's talk about what's on your mind. That's perfect. Um, I was reading the article that you wrote back to reality for today's uh, veterinary business, and uh, there are some things in there that really hit me. And I was talking to my dad about them because we've been talking a lot about agency recently. Okay. And that's kind of what this is about. Um, and so one of the things that you said uh, that your brother said to you, and I also didn't like it, is you have zero power in this situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So so I had to go look at this article. <laughs> I was like, you were like, I want to talk to your back to reality article. And I'm like, I have no idea what I yeah, said in that sure. article. So so it's a little bit of a deep cut. Um and uh, we can, well, I'll link it in the show notes for sure. But um, but it's funny when you I went and looked and I was like, oh, I remember this. It was uh, it was when I got called for jury duty. Yes. And uh, and I had to and I had to go and I was like really busy. We were trying to 
get one of our conferences uh, off the ground. And it was not at a convenient time at all. And uh, and I got the jury summons and I'm like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me. And uh, and so I reached out to my brother, who's a lawyer. And I was like, what, what do what can I do? What can I do to not have to do this? And he was like, you have zero power here. Yeah. Zero power. He was like, just go and be nice and hope for the best. But you have zero control. And that I did not want to hear that. I yeah. wanted to believe that I, through charisma or willpower or <laughs> that I, through financial uh, strength, I'm like, I just, <laughs> who do I write a check to for yeah. to, to get this week of my life back? And he's like, it does not work that way. Um that that doesn't that is not that's not going to happen. You you have no power, and it was just really it was it struck me because of how rarely someone says to our face, okay. you, "You have no control over what's happening right now." Um, yeah, but it it hit me pretty hard, and I just I had to sit with that, and I kind of panicked, you know, just to be like, I I have no agency at all here. That's, that's such a t- uh, extremely difficult place to be. And I think we find ourselves in that place in veterinary medicine so often, whether it's the volume of calls that are coming into the front desk, whether it's that the phone stopped ringing because the internet is out and our phones are linked to the internet and people can't get through those kinds of things. And I, I specifically really related to the part where you talked about time taking a toll on your body and you not having uh, any control over that. And oh, yeah. as you know, uh, uh, I lost both of my knees during yes. COVID. We have mourned to them. Yeah. Um, and I find myself really uh, comparing myself to who I was three years ago and what I could do three years ago. Yeah. Um, and I find myself getting really stuck in those places and not doing everything that I can because I'm so focused on what I can't do. Yeah. And I think that we get uh, into that headspace in vet med and in our practices when we're faced with these, whether it's just one emergency after another, you know, whatever it might be, we'd really get stuck in those spaces. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to talk to you about some of the things that you do to put yourself in the right headspace and kind of like the day-to-day, how do you talk to yourself to like practice this? Because it's a muscle, right? You're you're having to flex this muscle. It's okay. I don't know that I'm the best person to talk about this, Jamie, because it's a bad, <laughs> it is a, like, I'll be honest, uh, you you write the book you need to read. And so I yes. think that I write, yes, I've written numerous iterations of this article in different ways with different stories because I continue to to battle it it's funny you talk about losing your knees um i i used to run a lot i I used to love and i like being outside and i like having this thing i could run with my dog and stuff like that and man i I started uh when i was probably 35 or so i got my first sort of bout of plantar fasciitis and my feet hurt and i had to stop running for a while and and then and then i got it again later on and i've just had a a number of bouts of it and like i so i just I, i can't be a runner anymore like i used to be where i'm like i'm gonna go run seven miles like that that used to be it was kind of my my stress outlet and and i like to i have found other things that i enjoy just as much and that i get the same like mental health benefits and community benefits out of and at the same time when i see these people out it's 70 degrees outside 
gorgeous spring day and there's some guy in his little shorts <laughs> running you know what i mean like just yes. running through uh, i'll be at the park with my kids and he's running past the waterfall and just you know like the breeze and like he's got like long hair and a beard he's like he's like what i he's like what who i never was but always uh-huh. kind of thought like man if i yeah. could grow a beard and run shirtless like the wind, uh-huh. I would, uh-huh. I, I would, I would be somebody. You, you were and that guy. I would be that guy, but I was never that guy. But anyway, when I see that guy today, it just bugs the hell out of me because I can't do that. I can't. I, uh, I, I can do it for a little bit, and then my feet are going to explode, and then I'm going to be miserable, and it's not, it's not worth it. And so, even though there are alternatives that I have found, like I can, I, sure. I work out, I row, you know, I, I, I walk, I do all these things that are that are great. Actually, I hike a lot, do all these things. But boy, when I see that, and I go, I can't do that. That really, it still bothers me. I've gotten a yeah. lot better at it. I've gotten a lot better at it. But it, it is, it has always been a battle. Uh, well, I'll take that back. It has gotten to be a battle since I hit 40, you know, six years ago. Sure. Because I was never, I was never 23. Like, boy, I remember back when I could do those things. Yes, like, true. Um, that's definitely a later in life experience. That's one of the things that I love about you is you always think that you're not the right person to talk about something because you're in the battle. But like, I can relate to this. And so I know our listeners can relate to this. So let's backtrack just a little bit and let's go smaller because okay. uh, you like to dig in. So okay. you talk about the importance of differentiating between what we control and what we can't in this article. I struggle with this sometimes as you know, where I think I can control things that I can't. So how do you suggest that we find this distinction, especially in practice? Yeah, I think one of the greatest challenges in life is figuring out how to differentiate what where we have control and where we don't. I, I really think, and I think that as you go on in your life, you you get better at making that distinction. But I think most of us, it's kind of this weird pendulum, right? It's this yin and the yang, because I really do believe as far as being successful in life and being happy in life, the more that you believe you do have control over your circumstances, I think the happier you're going to be in most cases. I think people who say, yep, you know what? Um, I'm going to put a smile on my face. I am going to manifest a good day. I am going to go out and I am going to make the world a better place. And I am going to make other people's days better. I think that that is a healthy, really positive, really good place to come from. Most of the most successful people I know, they believe that they can make things happen. It's kind of like the professional athletes, the legends. They always wanted to have the ball at the end of the game because they believe that they could make that they could make the game change that they could they could have this impact and so i I do think that we can have that and i think that's important but i think the paradox in life is uh it's also it has its own challenges of 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 taking this ownership because then you you end up holding yourself accountable for things that, that you're not accountable to and so uh i think that i think that that's just i think there's a lot of things in life that are sort of set up paradoxically where the best 
case scenario is also uh, an uncomfortable scenario. And the more comfortable you try to become, the less comfortable you're going to be in the long term. And so I think sort of taking ownership of our position is that way, where it's sort of like, man, in the short term, in the short term, it would be really nice for me to go, this is, I can't have power here. And so I'm just going to step back and let go. And over the course of your life, the more you say, you know what, what agency do I have here? And how do I use that agency? And and insisting that I do have agency. One of the one of the phrases I heard from a mentor years ago, like way back at the beginning of my career, I was working at this big practice and I really did not have any power, right? I was one of basically 30 doctors that were mm-hmm. there. And it was like it was a good place, but it was still everybody chafes, right? And there's always something that you don't like. And I forget what the yeah. stupid thing was that I that I didn't like. But I felt like, you know, I don't have any agency here because there's just there's so many there's so many voices, there's so many people here. And so I said to one of my mentors, I was like, you know, I don't I don't have any power here. And he said, um, could you make life worse for the people around you? And I was like, oh yeah, of course I could. I absolutely could make their life worse. No uh-huh. doubt. And he was like, then great. Then you then then you could clearly make their life better. If you could make it worse, you could make it better. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, then you have agency. You know, and and that whole idea of could I make could I make things worse? If the answer is yes, that means I have some agency. And I mean I can use that agency to do good. But for some reason, I don't know, that that just clicked with me as far as sort of coming to believe that I that I do have this power. And so anyway, that's that's kind of where I where I started off with uh with starting to wrestle with with what what power do we have? I love that. That's something that uh, that I'm going to use in in my life. Uh, and when I am struggling, and uh, be like, "Can I make this situation worse?" Why, yes, I can. Well, yes, I can. <laughs> that of means I could also. I that means I could also make it. Yeah, I mean, oh. exactly. I don't know why I rise to that, but I'm like, oh, buddy, I can get real creative right now like you're like how do you make this worse i'm like i will come up with some weird stuff you have not seen i will i will make this work in worse in ways people have not anticipated um but (laughs) why am i not so creative in coming up with ways to make it better i don't i don't know but once i do the how do i make it worse exercise it it stretches my brain out like oh i do have power here and then i can find a positive way but that was super simple but um that just having it shown to me that way for whatever reason it just it just it just resonated with me and so i'm like oh i do have agency and then on the flip side there was another piece of advice i heard much later in my career that kind of rocked me about how little control we have and uh Uh and the saying is you know there's three things we don't control the past the future and other people and i go oh man it's it seems paradoxical that i can convince myself i do have agency i do have control Mm -hmm. also not not over the past, the future, other people. But but I, I think that there's like it's this narrowing, right? It's this narrowing of focus of 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 understanding where we don't have control and then figuring out the pressure points where we can put our finger and push and make a real difference. And like if you're familiar with pressure points, you know that uh that applying a uh, a bit of pressure at a specific area on the human body can cause great pain. It can have great impact. On uh, on that person. It's sort of the same thing of, boy, I can only push on these little areas, but if I push on the right area in the right way, I can have a huge, I can have a huge impact. And so uh, going back to the jury duty thing, and when you and I were talking about it, he was like, you have no power in this situation. And he was right in that. 
I have no power over whether or not I'm put on this jury, over what hours I'm going to be there, over how long these trials are going to go, over whether if I get picked for a jury, 11 people are going to agree or we're going to sit there for two days and not agree. I don't have any power over any of that, but I do have power over how I feel about it and how I behave. And do I go in and uh, have a good attitude about it or do I go in and just make myself miserable? Because one way or another, you know, um, I'm going to do it. It's kind of that um, when it snows, you got two options, right? You can uh, you can you can be miserable that it snowed, or you'd be happy that it snowed. But either way, you're still dealing with the snow. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think I think that there's a lot of truth to that. So I don't know how does that how does that feel as far as sort of threading that needle? Man, I love it. Um, I think it's just such a it feels so so simple to say this is how you start getting agency back because i think that's one of the things that i struggle with is so many times i hear you know you don't have control over the situation you only control how you react to it and very often i don't like reaction is a thing that just happens inside of me and i want to respond and i don't know how to bridge that gap between reaction and response the only thing I know to do is is to put distance, like space yeah. between the thing. Um, and we don't always have that option, especially at work and in practice. The phones are ringing, people are walking yeah. through the door, and you've just gotta um, gotta do this. And what a quick thing, just like you know, breathing exercises, is to ask yourself, like, can I make this worse? Great. How can I make it better? Yeah. And like, that's just so simple. Hey guys, this is Duncan real quick here. And just let you know, I am looking for dynamic duos. I am looking for uh, practice managers and practice owners that love working together, that want to work together more effectively, that want to develop ways of working, that want to develop strategies where they complement each other. And the reason I'm looking for those people is because we at Uncharted Veterinary Conference, uh, where I work, have, uh, have put together a conference for dynamic duos. We have our Practice Leader Summit. It is in Greenville, South Carolina. It is December 7th through the 9th. This is open only to practice owners and practice managers. Ideally, I love for those guys to come together and we are gonna have uh, some work separately time and then we have some work together time because man, that head down coming together, work on our practice together time is so rare and so valuable. Um, anyway, I, I, I love it when people come in pairs, but if you're a practice owner and you say, I don't have a practice manager or you're a practice manager and you're like, Hey, the practice owner is not going to be up for it or I don't have a practice owner, you are welcome to come along and you're going to work with other practice managers and you are going to learn a ton. So again, Practice Leader Summit, Greenville, South Carolina, December 7th through the 9th. Um, it is it is a leadership summit. Uh, there's going to be a lot of interactivity, a lot of active work on your practice. I would love to see you there. I'll put a link to register in the show notes. Guys, let's get back into this episode. Well, going to the breathing exercises, you know, you say that and I don't want to get, I don't, I'm not a super woo woo guy, sure. but there, but there is some definitely some pieces of woo woo that I'm like, eh, it's kind of, it, it kind of works. Uh, there's a reason that, you know, meditation has been around for 5,000 years. Um, for sure. you know, it, 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 it does work, but, the, but the way I sort of think about that stuff is, and I think you're right. I think one of the real skills that we can acquire and some people are wired this way where it's easier for them. Like there's naturally geared this way. Other people, it's a much bigger lift, but I love how you said that. Like when something happens, it's out of my control. How do I create that space to get my head around it and be like, I don't, I don't control this, but I got to deal with it. 
but 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 my control is very limited here. How do I create that space so I can get a clearer look at it and not feel steamrolled about it, not feel emotional about it, things like that? I really do think that that is that is a skill that we can build, and I do think everybody's got to find their thing. I really mm-hmm. I really don't. I've heard a million people be like, "This is what you do," and I'm like, "That doesn't work for me." And I found yeah. other things. I go I go, "This works," and I explain it to people, and they they just the blank look on their face, like for sure. But um. The ability to create space, as you said, I think that is Jedi, Jedi skill level. It's the ability when the phones are ringing and there's a client in the room who is angry and you're going to have to deal with it. And the stupid CBC machine is just spitting out errors for reasons that make no sense at all. Can you create some space? And say, what do I control here? And how do I exert my influence in the most productive way possible? And man, that is really the, um, you know, that's enlightenment. That, that's, that is the, that is the Zen master of, of vet medicine is can you do that? And so, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of tools that help us get space if we have time. So, you know, if, if we've got something, um, that's nagging at us. And so I talk sometimes, I, I try to be sort of open about this, but like you know, I talk about when my wife got cancer last year and, because- um, I'm boy, I did, I did a lot of, I did a lot of walking. I did a lot of gardening. I did a lot of rowing on the rowing machine. You know, I did a lot of stuff that I know helps me. I did a lot of painting these things that I have found that are like, oh, I can, I can get some space here. Like, this is how I kind of calm things down and get some space and some perspective. But you, you have to have a different set of tools for in the moment. And so for a long time, I did not have those in the moment tools. I still, I still, you know, like everybody wrestle with them, depending on what's going on. I got pretty good at those longer term space getters, you know, like I was good at going out and finding other things to do and exercise and and stress management and stuff like that. Um, But man, those in the moment things, they took a lot of time. I'm still, I still work on it. I, I, I come a long way with, um, with with my uh, you know with getting centered right some some mindfulness stuff some deep breaths some uh i i focus on my knuckles i don't know why i focus on my knuckles so so there was this uh there's this basketball coach right this legendary basketball coach is named phil jackson and he won 11 nba titles he coached michael jordan and the bulls he coached kobe bryant shaquille o'neal at the lakers and he's won like 11 nba titles and he's he's also a practicing buddhist which i think is interesting but he's kind of an interesting guy and so anyway i heard him talking one time and he was telling this story about the year 2000s basketball season so he's coaching in the year 2000 and that's when i don't know if you heard there was a pandemic and so there was a pandemic and everything kind of shut down but the nba was like no we're making money because that's what we do and so we're we've got this pandemic thing and so they took the entire league and put them in a hotel basically like like imagine like a disney property and there's a basketball court at this place what Have could you, go wrong what could go wrong? well they went for it right they, oh they were not like you had to test and quarantine to go in oh my so people could not go so these people were separated from their families for the nba season it was bonkers it's crazy experiment you should just read about it just to read about it. it's incredible but they were like we're going for it and so all the journalists had to stay in they couldn't come and go like if you went they called it the bubble if you went into the bubble 
you were in the bubble. And so being in the bubble, according to Phil Jackson, had these really unique psychological challenges for the people who were there and the players. And they're seeing social media and there's all this, all these things that are going on and they're away from their family. And so keeping them focused and centered was really hard to getting them to play basketball. And so it was a simple thing that he did, but he had all of his players, they would all wear rubber bands around their wrists. That was it. And like you were, you're supposed to have your rubber band on. And so he'd, he would get them to wear rubber bands around their wrist. And the reason was that so that he could tell them to snap their bands. Or if you were working with somebody and you could tell they were zoned out, they were not present in what we were doing, you could reach over and pull their rubber band and let it go. So it smacked them. Right. And it was enough of a stimulus that it would focus you back on the moment. Like this thing smacks on your wrists and you feel that about a pain. It, it brings you sort of back to, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm present. And so I never went as far as getting a rubber band for when chaos was going on all around me. Now it's being swept up in it. But for whatever reason, I would think about that rubber band. And like, I, I just found that if I stop and focus on my breathing and there's something about if I just kind of make a fist and look at my knuckles and kind of just focus on them, that's just my thing. And, uh, and I can kind of get centered and like bring my thoughts back to where we are. And so anyway, we, 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 we bring our, we bring our thoughts back like that. And so that's, that's been key for me. The, the other thing that I didn't have in the toolbox when I wrote the article, but I find myself doing now, um, I have found that it's much easier when I'm in the moment and things are going crazy. If I can step back for one second and just get a piece of paper and I say, great, what questions do I need answers to? And if I can make a list of the questions I need answers to, that generally helps. It shifts me into a problem solving place that makes some sense. <laughs> and so why is this person mad? What can I do in this moment to help her feel better? Because what are the next steps diagnostically if the CBC machine doesn't work? And that's naturally where people's minds go anyway. But I don't, I think a lot of us get stuck. We're stuck in the stress and we don't convert it to the action of this is what I'm going to do next. And for whatever reason, for me, asking those questions makes clear it makes clear my options because once i have the questions i can go great i don't have to answer these questions but what do i need to do to find the answer to these questions so what yeah. am i what are my diagnostic options if the cbc machine continues not to work um i can i can huddle up the other doctors real quick and ask and, and get some insight on that and so i don't have to know the answer but I know where I can get the answer. And so now getting that answer becomes an action step of something that I can do. And it's converting that feeling of powerlessness into something that I actually have agency over. And that's just been, that's been a, a, a tool in my toolbox recently of, of, of taking stress, taking chaos, converting it into a list of questions that I want to, that I need to have answers to. And then not trying to answer the questions, but grouping them together and okay. saying, great. Uh, you know, what are, um, how am I going to get these answers? So for example, like, like here, let's just say that I came up with a, a, a list of 10 questions I need answers to. Well, I'm going to huddle the doctors up because I need some advice on what to do if I can get my CBC machine working. Um, I'm also looking at my list. I could also ask the group of doctors four other questions that are on this list. And for so sure. now suddenly I'm calling a huddle, a doctor huddle. And I'm like, guys, I got four questions that I need help with. Bang, yeah. bang, bang, bang. And it's, it's efficient and it's fast and I'm getting what I need. And now I'm back into having active control over the things that I can control over. So that's just like a shortcut 
that I've been using recently that I've just found, again, everybody's got to find their own thing. But man, that that really, that really works for me. Yeah, I love that. And it takes you from that emotional mindset, right? Because when we're feeling powerless, that's an emotion. We're really wrapped up in that. It changes our everything happening in our brain. Our heart is going uh, faster um, and we're we're uncomfortable. And once we get that that little piece of control back by switching to that logical mindset, by doing some creative problem solving uh, and thinking that through, we've switched to that. Well, I can I can go from anger or frustration to uh, to problem solving. Right. Uh-huh. Like that is a shift I can make. I, I, I am not, I have never been Zen enough and I probably will never be Zen enough to go from anger to tranquility. Like mm-hmm. I, that I just, I can't, but I can get around to tranquility if I'm like, I am frustrated. All right, great. I'm going to switch out. I, I, let's, let's, let's start, let's start problem solving. What yeah. are the, what are the questions that we have? What, are, what are my questions? And I can, I can, and I can make questions while I'm ticked off. I'm like, why is this woman the worst? Um, and, and it's, it's helpful. I, I, I can, I can, I can get over towards positivity that way, but it, it's yeah. almost like if you try to go directly from anger to tranquility, it's not going to happen. So I go yeah. from, go from anger to pos- to problem solving and then try to come back around into solutions. And then ultimately you can get to tranquility because you're actively working on, on the thing uh, that you're working on. You know, I, um I heard some advice one time again, these are all just, I feel like I'm just pulling out different things that people said to me in my life. But for whatever reason, when you hear something that sticks, there's usually a reason for, sure. for that. But uh, but I had a buddy and, and one of his things was uh, he would say, life is what you focus on. And and I always thought that was really important as far as when you're in the clinic and there's just chaos all around you. If you focus on the chaos and believing there's chaos and being frustrated that there's chaos, then your life is it's chaos. Like it's focused on chaos. It's centered on chaos. It's anchored to chaos. It, it, it's what it is. But if we can get our head around, I'm going to focus on the where I have agency, then you, then you have an empowered life. And so I can focus on the fact that I don't want to go to jury duty. I don't have time to go to jury duty. You know, like honestly, when I got called for jury duty, my wife had just gotten her, her breast cancer diagnosis. And I'm like, man, are you, are you kidding me? Um, and like that was happening in the background. And, um, and so I can focus on that and my, my life can be fear and frustration, or I can say, you know what, this, uh, there's, there's probably some, some good to this because what ended up happening was I got called for one, one trial and it lasted half of one day and that was it. And basically I had a week off at this time that my wife had her diagnosis and yeah. it ended up being this really good thing. But boy, that was not my perception going in. But it just worked out that way. And it could have worked out differently. But, you know, life is, you know, what if you focus on optimism? You know, mm-hmm. what if you're like, I'm going to focus on, I'm going to focus on what's good and what I can control. I'm going to focus on just being present and doing something different and getting my mind off of things that are going on elsewhere. I'm going to focus on the fact that I'm not in the clinic uh, where things are crazy. I am instead just sitting in this uh, in this jury box listening to someone explain what happened in a traffic accident and just like that's what i'm doing um yeah so anyway it's it's a uh, life 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 is what you focus on i think is is a really that has been really powerful for me i agree i think that's uh that's incredible uh when my dad and i were talking about agency and he was a fire chief in orange county and he had a lot of things he had no control over and 
we talked about how he helped himself find find that agency and his he said creative problem solving was um one of his number ones and the second i thought was really interesting was that when he got into that problem solving that same thing that you're talking about that making list that it helped him flex his empathy and compassion and then that just changed his perspectives oh interesting. Um, and so that he he could go into a situation with like the board of supervisors and they were making a decision that maybe wasn't the best thing in his opinion for public safety. Um, and he could ask himself, you know, like what may make them make these decisions or what might they be thinking about? Um, and how can I appeal to them differently? Or, you know, what are their concerns? What problems are they trying to solve? And I think about that a lot when we go into into practice and you know, we're sitting in there and we're talking to people and the problem that we're trying to solve is probably not the problem that they're trying to solve. And, you know, I, I think about that. Uh, I think about that a lot. And how do we get to the place where we find out what problems they're trying to solve so that we can help them get their agency back? Because I think that's what's happening when they're so angry is that they feel like they also have no control in the situation. And how do we give them the, that? How do we give them some of that, their own agency back? Yeah, um, I, and I think that's a gift we can give them. I really like that. I mean, the, because empathy is a huge problem-solving tool, right? We, we talk about we talk about dealing with angry people. We talk about you know, even working with the staff, working with teams, trying to assume good intent on the part of others. All of these things are skills that we know are effective, and that on our best days we say yes. This is how I handle this angry client. And so if I said, hey, you know, what are the steps for dealing with an angry person? I'm sure I'd get a list of, of wonderful things from from, sure. from everybody involved. And you, but of course you say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to try to hear this person. I'm going to try to assume good intent on this person. I'm going to remember that everyone's fighting a battle we don't know anything about. I'm going to try to empathize and sympathize and all of those things. And so if I can get from frustration into problem solving and then problem solving says, OK, what are our tools to handle this? That gets me into empathy assuming good intent. Yeah. That's kind of how I come back around to tranquility. So that that's beautiful, Jamie. Hey, thanks so much for uh thanks so much for uh for pushing to to get together I and love talk it. about this. this I really is great. appreciate you. Thank you for doing this with me. Uh oh, this is like such good timing. I just had this conversation with my dad. So oh, I love it. Awesome. Well thanks uh thanks to everybody for listening. Take care of yourselves everybody. Bye. And that's it. That's what I got for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to Jamie for being here. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, please do me a favor and leave me an honest review wherever you get your podcasts or share the episode with your friends. That's how um, that's how people find us, uh, those two ways. And so anyway, that's, that's what it's all about. I want to help as many people as possible. And I kind of need you guys to sort of spread the word and let people know that we're over here doing it. Otherwise, I just talk i feel like i'm just talking into the void sometimes but then people come up and say hey you said this thing it was really helpful and it all is worth it again so anyway that's uh that's 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 all i ask that's that's it so anyway gang take care of yourselves be well i'll talk to you later on